Uh, we're going to jump in. We're going to talk today on the subject of uh, Word Up and uh, some sort of fancy rapper lingo, I think. But uh, what I mean by it anyways is that, you know, there are a lot of folks right now that are that are struggling with sort of underlying anxiety, and uh, there's a lot of downers in our world right now. And, um, and I really believe this is a time for the church to really shine, to be a time for the church to really help people to, to word them up, to, to offer words of encouragement, and to bless them and to encourage them, because uh, we're not getting a lot of that in the world right now. And so I'm going to talk a little bit just on, on encouragement. Uh, you know, 2020 started out I mean, I, I thought it was going to be amazing. You know, there's still good things going on, but, you know, it was 2020. You know, a lot of people was like, perfect vision. 2020 is going to be awesome. It's going to be the best year ever. And, you know, um, and then, of course, I mean, maybe it was good for a while. I had some good snowmobiling in the spring. But, you know, then, then March comes around, and, uh, and the news starts hitting, you know, China and Europe and the States. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you know, there's a coronavirus hitting, hitting the world, and, and, uh, and there's worry, and then all of a sudden, you know, everything gets locked down. And a lot of people thought, oh, this will just be a week or two, or maybe a month, and, you know, the church will be back to normal starting in June, and then we're still not back to normal at all. Uh, and we don't know when it's going to end, because we're living in a, in a real time of uncertainty. I mean, sometimes people focus, so say, you know, when's church getting back to, like, normal, normal church? We would actually hug each other and hang out and, you know, have everybody back together and potlucks. Remember our potlucks? They were awesome. Um, I don't know. Maybe next summer. I don't know. It depends how things play out. It could be, could be a while. But we're living in, the, in this constant uncertainty. And this has affected a lot of people. I mean, uh, there are some businesses that are doing better than ever, but there are others that, that are struggling. There are people who are still not working. Uh, I mean, it's a struggle. And then, of course, you've got to turn on the news. And it's not just the, the COVID thing. It's you know, we got crazy elections in the states, which, you know, stressing a lot of people out, out even here, and riots, and, you know, dual hurricanes, and I don't know what else is, forest fires here. I mean, we're on evacuation alert at our place, and I can look out my bedroom window and see flames on the mountain. I mean, there are a lot of things going on. It doesn't take long to watch the news right now and just kind of feel down a little bit. And, and it's one thing when you know when things are going to end, but we don't know when this is going to end. And, you know, it's been, it's been a difficult time for a lot of people. In fact, these stats just came out about Canadians uh, and how Canadians are being affected by this pandemic. And it says that one in every 20 Canadians had recently experienced thoughts or feelings of suicide as a result of the pandemic. That's quite high. Uh, one in 20, uh, you know, just struggling enough to, to say, you know, maybe, maybe I should, should end things. Uh, one in five Canadians right now reported feeling depressed occasionally or most of the time in the previous week. And so this is not like in the last year or the last month. This is like just last week. Uh, the depression is quite heavy on people these days. And now uh, one in four Canadians are feeling lonely because you just can't get together the same way. We can't hug the same way. And, and uh, you know, people who are lonely before are tend to feeling more and more lonely. And so and then there's other things going on. I mean, uh, we've had in BC, like, you know, thankfully, you know, 200, only 200 deaths, but that's still 200 families who have lost a loved one. Each of those people is a meaningful person and, and very much loved. But, you know, we've had 200 deaths, but we've had 900 deaths so far this year of overdoses in BC. Um, and so, so, so a lot of folks are just, you know, say, you know, I'm 
feeling this underlying anxiety. And you just notice it when you go shopping, you go to a grocery store, and you know, people just seem a little bit anxious or, you know, in the stores, and uh, people seem to be flipping out a little bit easier. Uh, you know, my son works in the restaurant in industry, and he just talked about how you know, customers tend to be a little bit more on edge. And when you're anxious or a little depressed, it's, it's easy to, to, to kind of lose it in those moments. And so this is kind of what's, what's going on. And, and man, if there's ever a time where we need to just encourage people, this is that time. Uh, when people are just feeling down and, and anxious and depressed, to, to actually just to move into our communities and lift up people and encourage people. And man, I did a little study on encouragement this week in the scriptures, and I was actually quite blown away uh, how much the Bible talks about encouraging one another and encouraging people, that, that really that one of the ministries God calls us to is actually a ministry of encouragement. I mean, First Thessalonians 5 says, Encourage each other and build each other up. That, that's each of us, people we run into. It's very, it doesn't take long. It needs to be Jesus, even a few words just to, to lift people up that whenever we chat with somebody, that would be awesome if we were just like, you know, I want to leave with that person just feeling a little more hopeful, a little less anxious, a little more, you know, focused on Jesus or whatever it might be, that do we just lift up people and encourage people. Hebrews 3.13 says to encourage one another daily. I mean, hard to do it, harder to do it now that we gather only once a week and there's still, you know, uh, many folks who decided to, to stay home and watch us online. Welcome to all those who are watching online. Uh, but encourage one another daily. And sometimes we might think about encouraging someone every month or a week, or, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. And guess what today is? It's today. <laughs> Encourage one another. Uh, so, it says, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. There's something about encouragement that keeps us being hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I mean, when you're not encouraged and you're down and, and anxious and, and struggling through life, I mean, it is so much easier to, to lose your temper. It is so much easier to be unloving to somebody. It's so much easier to be bitter and, and angry and to, and to fall into the trap of sin and being unloving. But I tell you, encouragement, when you are feeling built up, you just carry a greater strength about yourself and about your faith and about the power of God and you're, you're motivated and, and it just it keeps you from the trap of, of sin and, and, and the deceitfulness of sin. Nikki Gumbel talked about encouragement this way. Encouragement is not flattery or empty praise. It is like verbal sunshine. It costs nothing and warms other people's hearts and inspires them with hope and confidence in their faith. It's, it's like verbal sunshine. It's like shining vitamin D on people around them and, and just lifting them up. Uh, encouragement is not, as he says here, it's not flattery or empty praise. This is not like fake you know, kind of encouragement where, you know, you see someone do something and it actually really sucked and you go, wow, that was the best thing I've ever seen. That was amazing. That's, that's, that's empty, empty praise. That's flattery. I mean, but I mean, everyone is made in the image of God. There's always things we can encourage. There's always potential in people. There's, you know, direction that people may be taking a step forward. It's just an encouragement that God brings to mind. I mean, there's so many ways that we can encourage and it costs us nothing because it can be so simple. It can be so small, but it can radically change someone's world. 
Ephesians 4.29 says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Again, that our words are to be shaped by this idea of encouraging people. And sometimes it may even be a hard word, but it's a hard word because we want to lift them up, we want to move them forward and, and encourage and bless them. And so this is the ministry. And, uh, and none of us are immune to needing encouragement. And sometimes we're like, I mean, I don't need encouragement, you know. I got all the encouragement I need from God. and just need me and God. And, but there is no one who is closer to the Father than Jesus. And he actually needed encouragement from other people. We see in Matthew 26, it says he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John. He had his three closest pals, Peter, James, and John. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. This is Jesus. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. This is Jesus saying this. I am troubled and sorrowed, and I'm so overwhelmed to the point of death. You know, sometimes in the church we think, you know, feeling like that is like, that's sinful, that's wrong. But Jesus felt that way. And sometimes we just want to bypass people's feelings and, you know, and, and not actually just sit with them and, and meet with them and allow God to meet with them. I mean, he was, he was struggling. And, and sometimes if you're feeling like that, you might just think, you know, there's something really wrong with me. Jesus felt like that. And Jesus never sinned. And God can meet us in those. But in that moment of, of being down... Jesus says to his three friends, stay here and keep watch with me. I need you close. And there's something about the presence of other people that can be very encouraging to us when we're down. Jesus needed that. And you need that and I need that. We need encouragement from others and we need encouragement for God. We see that God also showed up there as an angel from heaven and appeared and, and strengthened him. And what I was really impressed by is, uh, is Paul. And this idea of encouragement. Like Paul, actually, you know, his ministry was a ministry of encouragement. You know, a lot of times we might think of Paul as, you know, he's like, you know, the bold guy who just went and planted churches. That was his ministry. It was part of his ministry. But he also seemed to have this ministry where he's just going around and, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I want to lift you up. I want to bless you. Look what he says his purpose was in Colossians 2. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and those at Laodicea. And for all who have not met me personally. So what does he work hard doing? It says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. That was part of his ministry goal. That they would be encouraged in heart and united in love. What a beautiful goal for us to have in this time. That we would want to see people united in heart and encouraged and lifted up and built up. And this is what Paul did. And we see this throughout the book of Acts. In Acts 16, it says when Paul and Silas left prison, I mean, just get out of prison, you think they would need to be encouraged, but it says they returned to the home of Lydia. Uh, there they met with the believers and encouraged them once more, meaning he had been doing that before. Or Acts 20, Paul sent for the believers and encouraged them. Then he said goodbye and left for Macedonia. While there, he encouraged the believers in all the towns he passed through. He was just encouraging people, encouraging people, encouraging, lifting them up. He was, he was verbal sunshine to every single person he met. And, 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 he, and, and God is inviting us into this ministry as well, that we would be verbal sunshine to all those people we bump into. And Paul, when he finishes his letter in 2 Corinthians, says... Dear brothers and sisters, 
I close my letter with these last words. And usually last words are important words. He says, be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Now, there's something about when you're encouraging one another, it says, then the God of love and peace will be with you. There's something about when you're encouraging people and lifting people up that there just seems to be an extra sense of God's presence and power. Because when you encourage someone, it can change your life. It can take someone who's struggling and, and anxious and down and defeated and, and lift them up in, in powerful ways. This was Peter's part of his purpose as well. He says, my purpose in writing is to encourage you. And it's got to be one of our purposes that as we live out at our jobs or your businesses or the church world or school as it's, you know, coming back together that are people we bump into that we just, again, want to be verbal sunshine and, and lift and build up those we bump into. Encouragement, uh, it can really change someone's life. And maybe some of you here have had those times when you've been defeated and then someone comes along and just says a few little lines, and all of a sudden, you, you just feel strengthened. This happened to Daniel. He says, my strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. It was a result of a crazy vision he had, a shocking one. But this describes maybe, maybe some of you. You're feeling your strength is gone, and, and you can hardly breathe. And, and there are a lot of folks in this society, according to statistics right now, that, that are struggling, and, and, and they're, hard, they're having a hard time even making it forward, and they're discouraged and down. But then it says, this angel shows up, then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. And this is what the, the angel says, don't be afraid, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. And as he spoke these words to me, Daniel says, I suddenly felt stronger. Just, a, just one little short line, you are very precious to God. Be encouraged. And all of a sudden, Daniel's like, oh, I feel stronger. Hey, had that happened to you before? When you have a crappy day, and then you get a beautiful text or a note from somebody, and you're just like, that totally made my day. I mean, it can radically change people's lives. And it, I mean, it can take someone who has given up on potential and, and instill that potential uh, back. And, and one of these guys who's got a story like this is Dr. Larry Crabb, who's a, a psychologist, and he's written like over 25 books, and he's well-known in the church world because he speaks at lots of conferences and written tons of books, but smart guy. But he tells the story when he was young, how he had like a really, 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 really bad stuttering problem. And he talks about how he had to speak in front of his school one day and just couldn't even get words out, and he felt so horrible and embarrassed. And then Talks about another time where he was invited to pray in front of his church as a young person, and he goes up there, and he was so nervous, and he was stuttering, and he was so nervous that he said a bunch of things that were like totally wrong theologically, and, and this is what he says after his prayer. He says, I recall standing at the, staring at the floor, too embarrassed to look around, and solemnly vowing never again to pray or speak aloud in front of a group. When the service was over, I, dart, I darted towards the door, not wishing to encounter an elder who might feel obliged to correct my twisted theology. But I was not quick enough. An older Christian man named Jim Dunbar intercepted me, put his arm on my shoulder, and cleared his throat to speak. I remember thinking to myself, here it comes. 
I then listened to this godly gentleman speak words that I can repeat verbatim today more than 20 years later. Larry, he said, there is one thing I want you to know. Whatever you do for the Lord, I'm behind you 1,000%. Then he walked away. Even as I write these words, my eyes fill with tears. Those words were life to me. They had power. They reached deep into my being. My resolve never again to speak publicly weakened instantly. Since the day those words were spoken, God has led me into a ministry in which I regularly address and pray before crowds of all sizes. And you speak in front of thousands and thousands of people. But just one little short line. I mean, that elder had... A, a chance to either word down Larry or word him up, and he chooses to encourage him and lift him up, and it changed his life. It changed his potential. It changed his, tra his trajectory. It led him back onto the path that God was calling towards. I mean, what can your words do for somebody? Again, as Nikki Gumbel said, it costs you nothing because it's just a short, he just said a little line. Hey, whatever you do, I'm beh behind you 1,000%. This is the ministry of encouragement. I mean, you never know when you speak words what it will actually do for someone. And sometimes I wonder, you know, you know if, if I've missed out on potential because, you know, maybe I haven't been encouraged in an area or people that maybe I didn't encourage them and they missed out on potential or because there's a real ministry that God has given his people to encourage one another and to encourage this world. Another fellow who's got a story of encouragement is uh, Enrico Caruso. Died a long time ago, maybe you don't know who he is. If you don't like opera, you wouldn't know who he is because he's like supposedly some famous opera singer. Actually, he's supposed to be one of the most famous opera singers, which I didn't know until I came across the story. But supposedly, Enrico, when he uh, first uh, was put in music lessons as, as, as a child, his teacher thought he, you know, thought he sucked and said, you know, not even worth you continuing here. You should just give up because you can't sing all that well. But, but Enrico's mom kept encouraging him. You know, you can do this, God, you know, you, you can do this. Keep working, and something big is going to happen. And he actually becomes one of the most famous opera singers, I guess, of all time. And just so you know, I hear a little 10-second second clip of, of him singing. And, you know, he, he, uh, he, he says that this was because of the encouragement of his mom. I mean, uh, what a role we have in encouraging people. I mean, you never know what you can do when you actually just encourage someone, the, the difference it can make. Uh, I mean, talk about ratio. There's, a, there's this Gottman ratio. Dr. Gottman, who is, I mean, probably a lot of us know him. He's probably the most famous marriage researcher of, uh, of this time. Um, researched thousands and thousands of marriages. And what he found in relationships is... Uh, that for good marriages, when this applies to just good relationships, that there needs to be a minimum of five encouraging things to everyone negative at a minimum. So five encouraging words or thoughts or acts or gestures or smiles to everyone negative. That's a minimum for a good relationship. And some of us, maybe in our workplaces, you know, we get a lot more criticism from our boss than we do encouragement. 
Maybe some of the families that we are in, we get a lot more, you know, negativity from our parents than we do encouragement. Or, I mean, there's a lot of worlds where there's just a lot of negativity, and you watch the news, and it's pretty much all a downers, and you don't even get one up, usually. Maybe one up at the end, I don't know. Uh, but, but there's this minimum ratio for, for, for healthy relationships. And he actually suggests that it should actually be in everyday life 20 positives for every one negative. And he found that those relationships that were struggling or ended up in divorce usually had, you know, not a whole bunch of negatives, uh, negatives and no positives, actually often quite balanced. They were about four negatives to every three positives. So there's still positive stuff going on, but he said for it's kind of the baseline of positive relationships, there needs to be this, this five to one. And, and in fact, I'll just show you a quick uh, clip of Gottman talking about this. Ever wonder why some couples make it and others don't? Scientist Dr. John Gottman did. He spent 40 years studying thousands of couples to find out exactly what separates the relationship masters from the relationship disasters. Shakespeare compares love to a rose. Gottman uses a different metaphor, an emotional bank account. You know how a regular bank account works. So what's an emotional bank account? It represents the positive and negative balance in your relationship. The best couples maintain a high balance. Couples that break up are often in the red. You make deposits through positive interactions and you withdraw through negative ones. What does a deposit look like? It's a simple act of showing your partner that you care for and support them. It's as easy as sending your partner a good luck text before a meeting or cooking them dinner after a long day. And pay attention when your partner shows you their admiration and support. Notice when they're investing in your relationship. Thank you. A withdrawal is either hurtful behavior toward your partner or ignoring their invitations to connect. But withdrawals and deposits don't have equal weight. In fact, Gottman found it takes five positive interactions to make up for one negative one. Happy couples maintain at least this five to one ratio. If you make constant deposits and keep your balance high, you're saving up for a rainy day when you'll need to cash in on that goodwill. Gottman notes that small daily deposits, like asking your partner how their day was, is far more important than the occasional over-the-top romantic gesture. Positivity leads to more positivity. This is not about keeping score. It's about investing in your relationship and your shared emotional bank account, moving from me to we. So keep your balance high by doing nice things every day and recognizing when your partner does them for you. You'll build up that emotional bank account in no time. Mm -hmm. well, awesome. I love it when science kind of says, hey, you know what the Bible says is, is real. I mean, this encouragement stuff is real. It makes a real difference in, in relationships. In fact, the Bible actually even takes it further and says, actually, we're to honor one another. And so this idea of encouraging, but it actually says, you know, we actually honor one another. Uh, it says, be devoted to one another with mutual love, showing eagerness in honoring one another. That we should actually be eager, saying, you know, I can't, just can't wait to build you up. I can't wait to honor you. I can't wait to lift you up. And, and I hope that's the way you're living in, in your marriage, that you're, just, you're eager to, to bless your spouse. And, and to honor someone, I mean, you really got to kill your pride in those moments. Because often, you know, we want to be honored, but it's just laying down your pride and just 
focusing on that person and blessing them and honoring them and lifting them up and encouraging them. And, and don't, you know, sometimes the church gets trapped in what this, the idea of worm theology, you know, that I'm just worse than a rotten worm, and so is everybody else worse than a rotten worm, so you better not say anything nice to anybody, you better not encourage anybody because you're going to give them a big head and you're going to take glory away from God. <laughs> you ever heard that before? You know, that, that's a thing. Uh, but, I mean, the primary call of Jesus is to love one another, and that happens through encouraging one another. It is very honoring and glorifying to God when you honor another person. It is very glorifying and honoring to God when you encourage somebody and you bless them and, and lift them up. And I mean, God is so serious about this that he's actually given certain folks in the church the gift of encouragement. And maybe we all know those people who are really gifted at this, and they're just so good at encouraging people. And you know those people... Because whenever you're having a crappy day, you know, if you just phone them or talk to them, that you just always feel better. And there's people in this church like that. I know Marg is one who has the gift of encouragement. I mean, man, she just always builds you up whenever you, you chat with her. Uh, Robin is a big encouragement. He's got the gift of encouragement. And they, that guy there, if you ever turn back, he's just always encouraging the worship team and cheering us on. And, and you know, other folks. I know Ruth... Um, our live stream didn't work at the first one. Maybe she's watching this one. Uh, she's always a, an awesome encouragement to me. I think she has a gift of encouragement. And there are a lot of other folks who have that. And to, to these people, just natural. They don't even need to think about encouraging. It just, just flows out of them. But maybe for the rest of us who don't have the gift of encouragement, this has to be something that we might have to work on, uh, that we need to, to focus in on a little bit more. And just because we don't have the gift doesn't mean we don't do it because we're all called to encourage it just might mean it's, it takes a little bit more effort for us, a little bit more uh, direct thinking for, for that to happen. Uh, here's just some simple ways as we close to, to encourage others. Again, Nikki Gumbel said it's like verbal sunshine and it costs us nothing. Like literally, it can be just a short little line, a short little gesture. It might cost us seconds, but it can radically change someone's world. In fact, Gottman has proved that it can make marriages vastly better. Now, the one thing you found in strong marriages is there's just a lot of encouragement going on and not a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of word ups and not a lot of word downs. I mean, this is real stuff. And it's all the simple things. And Gottman says that those simple things far outweigh, you know, a couple, you know, saying, hey, we're going to spend thousands and take a trip, a romantic trip to, to Mexico, that that does not compare at all as much as daily encouragements. This is the ministry of encouragement that God calls us to. So you can just call or text someone. That's quick. Uh, listen to somebody, you know, a lot of people never get listened to. And so just to actually listen to someone's story, to, to listen to someone's frustrations, or what they just listen can be very encouraging to somebody. You can give someone a gift, uh, just a small little gesture, you know, a bottle of wine, or a little gift here and there, whatever it might be. Uh, you can post something publicly, like public praise. It's, it's, it's an amazing way to encourage somebody. You can write a little note. Uh, you can compliment them. Yeah, you can use exercise prophecy, and, and prophecy is another gift God has given to the church so that people might be encouraged. And uh, just as all of us can hear God, as his, his Spirit speaks to our spirit, prophecy is just one more step. Prophecy is, is hearing God. God speaks to our spirit about somebody else. And the Bible says about prophecy, one who prophesies strengthens others encourages them and comforts them. That, that prophecy in the New Testament is primarily actually about encouraging people. 
It is really just hearing God on behalf of another. Because, you know, when you're really down and you're struggling, sometimes it's, it's kind of hard to hear God in those moments because you're just so clouded with frustration. And it's those moments when we're soaked in anxiety or frustration where God brings other people along to hear God for you. And, and sometimes a way you can just do this is just say, God, is there anything you want, that you want to say to me about that person? God, is there any, what do you think about that person? What are you thinking about that person? And then just share it with them. That's, that's prophecy. And it can be incredibly encouraging when someone comes up to you and says, you know, this is what God is thinking about you today. And there are people who, you know, are gifted. I know Marg and Lyle and others are gifted in, in encouraging others through, through prophecy. Uh, you can ask someone this question, how can I be praying for you? But like, legit do it, right? Because we all know, we all do this. Hey, I'll be praying for you, and then they never do. Uh, no, legit, actually, do it for once, right? Say, so, you know, I'll be praying for you, and then actually really pray for them, and then check in. How's it going? I've been praying for you. And how are things? And, you know, uh, and there's one gal I've been, been praying for, and I checked in this week. I said, hey, I've been praying, praying for you. How are things going? And, and, and that can be really encouraging to know that someone is stepping in to, to pray for your situation. It's very encouraging. Uh, you can give someone your time. Say, you need help this afternoon, or, hey, let me just help you with that. Or, you know, someone offers to help, you know, carry your grocery bags to your car. I mean, those little gestures can go a long way. Uh, share positive thoughts when you have them about someone. And this is probably the most under, underutilized way of encouragement. Because you know a lot of times we think good things about other people, but we just never share them. I mean, when you have a positive thought about someone, just, just quickly pull out your phone and give it, hey, I was just thinking about you and I thought this about you. Or just go up to them and say, hey, I was, I was just really, that was just awesome what you did there. That really blessed me. Or, you know, I, you know, I just see this in you or whatever it might be. Again, a little line <laughs> took a Larry who gave up on public speaking and pushed him to a place where he became a famous speaker. What might your little word of encouragement, what might your little word from God do? Uh, praise effort and progress no matter how small. If you just see someone working on something and even if it's like one out of a hundred, you see progress, I mean, honor that. Tell them how they've helped or blessed you. If an, if an encouraging thought comes to mind, share it. Tell people why they've encouraged you. And all of this really is just, is playing out this idea where Jesus says, you know, we love because he first loved us. And we could take that to the idea that we encourage others because God has first encouraged us. We honor others because he has first honored us. And God has honored us in so many ways. I mean, he's adopted us as his own children, his dearly loved children, as it says in Ephesians 5.1. He has forgiven us, like really forgiveness, where he looks at us with peace in his eyes, that, that we don't have to carry that guilt and broken shame because he has, he has set us free. He has seated us with him in the heavenly realms. We're, we're seated with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, experiencing all that they have. I mean, we have been so honored, even though we don't deserve it, that as we have been loved, so we love others. And if we have been encouraged, we encourage. If we have been honored, we honor others. And so um, just Think more about this ministry of encouragement because there's a lot of people right now who are down and you can change your life, perhaps through one word. So, so Father, I thank you that you encourage us. God, you are such an encouragement when we're down because, God, we just trust and know that you are present. 
and that you are good. And God, that we can just surrender to you because God, you are help in times of trouble. And God, I thank you for the power of words. I thank you and there's just this mysterious power in the words that we speak, and God, how you, you can change lives through that, and, and God, I pray that you would stir up this ministry of encouragement, that this would be a time where the church could really shine in this world that is down, that we could shine brightly and just encourage and build up. It would be verbal sunshine, God, to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.